listeners, and welcome to the podcast, a podcast run by students for students. This is the fifth episode of this season, and we are glad to have you here. Growing up, we can remember having conversations about college, where we were going to go, what we were going to study, and what we needed to do to apply, pay, and attend. While having these conversations around college may be the norm for some of us, it's not the norm for everyone. In today's episode, we will be talking about first-generation students and what it is like to be first-gen. You will hear from a current first-gen student, as well as a professor at Washburn, share their experiences growing up, what it was like at college, what continuing generations may not realize, and what graduation means for them. In a 2019 survey conducted by the Pew Research Center of Household Economics and Decision-Making, they found that adults with college-educated parents are much more likely than others to have graduated from college themselves. For adults with two parents who have a bachelor's or higher, 82% have finished at least a bachelor's. For adults with one parent with a bachelor's or higher, 60% have finished at least a bachelor's. For adults with at least one parent with some college, 34% have at least a bachelor's or higher. And lastly, for adults with parents with no college experience, 20% have at least a bachelor's degree or more. For continuing students, college most likely has been an expectation our parents had for us. They would take us to ACT prep if we needed it, go on college visits with us, help us write scholarships, or help us decide where we would go. We already had in our mind that we would graduate college with a bachelor's, and if we wanted a master's or doctorate, we knew we could get it, without a doubt. But for people like Savannah Rodriguez and Dr. Jennifer Wired, there were doubts, lots of them. Savannah Rodriguez is the current president of We Are First, a first-generation organization on campus, and Dr. Jennifer Weird is a current professor at Washburn University that teaches first-gen WU 101. To begin, I have the pleasure of meeting with Savannah Rodriguez, the current president of We Are First. I'll go ahead and have you state your name and any major or minors you have and what grade you're in. Okay, so my name is Savannah Rodriguez. Um, I'm a political science major with a minor in religion and I am a senior this year. Was college a regular conversation in your household? Um, Yes and no. It was always encouraged, but definitely not a must-have. I remember my parents were always saying, hey, college is an option, but it's, it's not necessary that you go. Going back to high school, what was it like preparing for college? So I actually had a math teacher in high school. I've never been good at math. And he told me that somebody like me would always return to fast food and that I would never, yeah, and I would never make it in college. Your math teacher said that? Yes, which is why his wife was the high school counselor. And she was the one that would like, I kept continually setting up meetings for scholarships and for the FAFSA because I had no idea how to do it. And she was like, well, I can't meet today. How about this day when you're not available? And I'm like, I can't do that. (laughs) So during high school, you did you really get a lot of help with like FAFSA scholarships or was it mostly just you having to like go online and like do the work yourself? Um, It was just basically me going online, trying to do the work myself. Um, I didn't even know, like, 
how to apply for college until like the end of my senior year and my friends were applying for a community college. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Did you start with community college or did you just automatically go into a four year? I did. I started with Neosho County Community College for my first year. And at the end of that semester, I had a teacher that like said some racist things towards me and the yeah. And so the, the dean never did anything about it. She said, well, she has the right to teach however she wants to. And so that's when I made the decision. I was like, okay, well, this is not for me. I'm going to apply for Washburn. What made you decide that you wanted to pursue college? Um, it was super weird because at first I did not want to go to college. Um, up until I was maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school, I was going to get married at 20 and start a family and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom and um, I it was like the summer right before my sophomore year that I went to a summer program and I was helping younger students on what they wanted to do with their careers and the rest of their life and all of a sudden something just clicked and said you know what I'm going to be a lawyer and that has been my goal ever since. Going back to your first semester, first year, what was it like? Um, my first semester of my first year of college was really easy because I had three teachers from my high school that were also my college professors. So it was kind of a sense of home, but I also went to a community college. So it was just like one step up from high school. Um, my second semester of my college career was not that great. I, like I said earlier, I did have that one teacher that told me if I read wider minded then I would be more successful in her class so my second semester was rough <laughs> and then what was like going from community college to a four-year um I think Washburn in particular it was an easy transition just because when I got on campus I had applied in July and I got accepted at the end of July and when I came in August for my orientation it was so welcoming and it was so much like home that it was it was an easy transition for me. How do you pay for college? Um, luckily, I was able to pay for my first two and a half years of college through uh, grants and scholarships. And this year, I think I had to take out maybe $2,000 in loans to pay for it. Now, what are some things that continuing students may not realize about being first generation? You have so many more people on your side than you think you do. That was one thing that it took forever for me to realize that so many people were behind me and so many people were rooting for me and I, I just couldn't let them down. Did you ever feel like you had a lot of stress on your shoulders because you were first generation? Um, yes. So as soon as I picked college, my family from the beginning was like, okay, well, you're going to go do this. You're going to graduate in four years. And then you're going, when you graduate, then you're going to help us pay for our lifestyle and that was obviously not in the cards for me um so I guess just the stress of trying to not let people down and also like embracing that I am the first one in my family to go to college and it will be a lot harder for me than everybody else and with like your first year of college or just when you transferred over to Washburn what were some resources that helped you be successful um, so I got in touch with the first generation uh, retention and recruitment specialist. Um, her name was Graciela Berman, and she was my absolute backbone throughout everything. She was my Wu 101 teacher, and 
I, every time I needed help with something, every time I wanted to get involved in a student organization or I wanted to check out some skill shops, she would always be there 100% to back me up. Could you talk a little bit more about We Are First? Yeah, so We Are First is a student organization that helps a lot of first-generation students navigate college. So it's kind of like Woo 101, but more centered to people whose parents don't have a four-year degree. So in October, our meeting was the first Wednesday of October, and we had just a scholarship night to help students figure out how to write scholarship essays and how to actually fill out scholarships. Um, if they needed any help with financial aid, we gave that information to them as well. And then if someone is not first generation, can they join the club or go to any of the meetings? Yes, absolutely. That is one thing that we start ground on is that not only first generation students can come, but we appreciate allies as well because everybody needs that support. Now you went from community college and then to a four year university and you got like different levels of faculty and faculty involvement. What are some things that faculty members can do to make sure that first generation students feel supported, respected, and are able to be successful towards graduation? Um, so the one thing that was most important to me and like kind of changed my viewpoint was learning about the imposter syndrome. Um, I didn't understand that I was supposed to be here. Um, a lot of the time I thought that I was just pretending to be somebody that thought they should be here. And I had a professor my sophomore year, my first semester at Washburn, and he told me, you are meant to be here. And he was like, you don't have to fake it. You like, you're good enough to be here on your own. You need to stop proving to other people that you're good enough to be here because you are good enough to be here. And that's when I kind of like stopped trying to be somebody I wasn't. And when do you graduate? In May of 22. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I registered for my classes last or last week and I got so sad because like, <laughs> this is my security blanket. Yeah. I don't want to let it go. So fast forwarding to graduation day, you have your cap and gown on, you have your stoles, cords, everything. You were walking up on that stage and getting your degree. What do you think you're going to be feeling? Um, I think I'm going to be really proud. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get emotional thinking about it, but like this has been a lifelong goal of mine for like a really like a long time. So like almost eight years, like this is what I wanted to do. And it's just like the first stepping stone. Like I was talking to my mom the other day and it's just, it kind of makes me emotional because like everything that I've planned for for so long is finally happening. So I don't know. It's just, it'll just be really exciting. What do you think it'll mean for your family? Um, I think that they will be proud and ecstatic. Um, I know that my, I'm getting married in March of 22. So just a couple months before I graduate and I've already talked with my future husband about uh, what we're doing for the rest of our life and with our careers. And um, I just think a lot of better opportunities for my future children. After meeting with Savannah, I also had the pleasure of meeting with Dr. Jennifer Wired and hear about her experience. So for the first question, I'll have you state your name, degree, and year you attended Washburn and graduated from. Perfect. Hello, my name is Dr. Jennifer Wired. I attended Washburn from 2005 to 2009. 
Um, I came in as a communications major, but very quickly changed my path as many first-generation students do. I actually found a home in the history department. And so I graduated with my BA in history uh, in 2009. Was college a regular conversation in your household growing up? So that's a really great question. I think a lot of first gens um, definitely will identify with this question. So in my particular household, um, learning was emphasized, but not necessarily college. So my mom um, loved to read and we always had books in our house. I remember all kinds of books, all kinds of magazines. She subscribed to like a billion different magazines, um, but she really didn't emphasize college going as a goal that she had for me. She definitely supported me in my decision and I always loved school. And so I just kind of wanted to keep going just because I was the nerd who liked school. Um, but my mom never really said, you know, I kind of have this expectation that you and your brother will go to college. I'll, I'll support you in your dreams and, and what you want to do. So we didn't talk about it a lot in my household um, until I was really like a senior in high school and that's when I kind of got serious about my college search, as many students do. And I had a really great advisor um, at my high school who kind of helped me through that process as well. But it wasn't until I kind of started down that road that we really started to explore what college was together and what that meant. And you kind of mentioned how in high school, your senior year specifically, is when you decided to actually get serious about this. Can you uh, go back to high school and like talk about what it was like preparing for college and just everything that you had to do to prepare for it? In one word, it was confusing. <laughs> it was just all so, so confusing. Um, I do remember starting to do my own prep for the ACT like my junior year being super stressed out about it and being really stressed out about the number. And I was constantly comparing my number to my friend's numbers. And then I would look at scholarship grids and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, get two or three or points, two or three, four points higher so that I can get a, a bigger scholarship. And I put so much time and effort into self-study for the ACT and it just, it never paid off. My score was my score and I was never able to increase it. It actually went down the more that I took it I think because I was so nervous and worked up about the pressure of the ACT so that was the first thing I remember about prepping for college was just the insane pressure around the standardized test and being really frustrated that um, I couldn't raise my test score we didn't know especially as a first-gen family how important it was to pay for a test prep class um, for the ACT. And so that's just not something that we really did. It's not something that I asked my parents to pay for. Um, and looking back, I really wish that we would have invested a couple hundred dollars if we had it um, for a test prep class. The other thing that I remember about um, prepping for college was just the sheer amount of research that I felt like I had to do on my own. And I was really lost about where to start and how do you compare colleges? You know, I think that some of the recruitment game has changed um, between now and when I was applying for colleges, because I don't remember getting hardly anything in the mail. <laughs> like, you know, I think today's seniors, um, today's juniors, even by the time like your eighth grade, you're like inundated with flyers and mailers from colleges. I do not remember getting hardly any of that. And so all of the information that I got about colleges was from self-study, from, you know, searching around on the internet, which was still kind of a new thing <laughs> when, 
when I was in high school, but you're just, you're kind of lost in this world of information. You want information about a school, but you're not really sure how to get it. And even when you have the information, how do I compare institutions and how do I choose? How do I know if this institution has a really great program in this major, but this one doesn't, they all say that they have a great program. Um, and so that was really confusing, but probably the, the most confusing part, and I think all first gens will probably relate to this, was financial aid and FAFSA. I just absolutely had no idea what was going on. And my mom, bless her heart, she spent so much time researching and educating herself about the different types of loans and the different types of aid that was available through the federal government. And um, I remember when we came to Washburn on our college visit, she brought like this notebook with her with all these little questions that she had written down um, during the course of her research on federal financial aid so that she could ask all these questions while we were here um, at the financial aid office. So um, we all had to do a lot of research and we were all really confused and just didn't know where to start. Um, but we were always so thankful when we did find people um, like the folks at the financial aid office who could kind of help us walk through this very confusing process. When you told your parents that you wanted to go to college, what was their reaction? Oh, 100% support. Um, like I said, my mom always wanted us to kind of find our place and, you know, dream big and then chase those dreams. So 100% supportive about going to college. Now, when I told them that I was going to be a history major, there was a little bit more of a tepid response because my parents, as so many first-gen parents, um, associated college and especially degrees with a vocation. And they couldn't see the job at the end of a history degree. And so they loved me and they supported me, but they were always pretty nervous about, are you actually gonna get a job? Or are you gonna be one of those like starving artists who's still like living in our basement when you're 35? So I'm happy to report, I'm not a starving history major. I am gainfully employed and I'm not yet 35, so. <laughs> Look at you breaking barriers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And so after you got your acceptance letter and decided to go to Washburn, what was your first year like and the years that followed afterwards? So my first year was full of tons of excitement. I was so thrilled to be on a residential college campus. I had always known that I wanted to live in the dorms and have this truly residential experience where you're kind of like in a bubble, isolated from much of the world for, you know, four or five years while you just have time to sit and think and reflect and learn. Again, I've always been kind of a nerd. I love learning. So I was really excited about the residential college experience. I loved my dorm mates, my suite mates. We had so much fun. Um, but I will never forget the um, first college class um, that I ever took. It was like an 8 a.m. section with Dr. Behrman um, of U.S. History One, and he was not like any college professor that I had ever imagined. Um, and so after that first class, I remember looking at my roommate who was sitting next to me, and we happened to have that section, that course together, and I looked at her and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> who is this person and why are they yelling at students and why do students like it? Um, and so that ended up being a, the beginning of a really awesome relationship. And um, I eventually changed my major to history because of Dr. Behrman. He really didn't give me a ton of choice there. He just said, 
um, you're going to be a history major, you've got what it takes, here's the form, uh, sign here. And so by the end of my first semester, um, I found a new home um, in the history department and was kind of well on my way to finding my little community at Washburn. And so that first semester was really important for just establishing kind of that sense of belonging and finding my fit. And I think that because the professors at Washburn are so amazing and they love students, truly, truly, they do. Um, that was really easy for me to find my fit and find the place that, that I belonged. Um, the years after my first year was really just kind of tunneling into the history program and making lots of friends within my major and within my um, you know, area of focus. I found awesome lifelong friends there because we thought about the world the same. We have really similar senses of humor. Um, and we also had a really great community of students that would go to lunch together all the time and we would hang out together all the time. And just all these, you know, nerdy little history majors doing, you know, history major things. So it was really awesome. I had an amazing experience at Washburn. Now, one thing that college students most of the time will often worry about the most is how they are going to pay for it. They either have the options of being lucky to get scholarships or have to take out loans or their parents saved up for it. How is it paying for college for you? Yeah, I feel for you guys so bad in today's college market um, because I was a Washburn grad. I, I look at the um, credit hour um, cost a little bit differently because I remember, and this is probably going to make you want to like throw up, but I remember when I got really offended when Washburn raised their tuition to like $187 a credit hour. And that to me was just like an insurmountable amount of money. I was like, who would ever pay this much? This is insane. How can they be raising tuition like this? And so I told, I feel for you guys in today's college market, I know that it is really expensive, um, but I also on the flip side, I know that you get a really big return on that investment. I can kind of talk about that a little bit later if we have some time, but um, I was fortunate enough to get some scholarships, some academic scholarships from Washburn. And then I was also um, selected as a scholarship member of the Leadership Institute. And so those two big kind of scholarship pots paid for all but about, I don't know, a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a semester of my um, tuition, room and board, books and fees. And so with that remaining fifteen hundred or a thousand dollars, my parents and I would split that 50-50. And I worked a summer job um, at Famous Dave's. I was Famous Jenny. Um, and I served barbecue and French fries all summer long, like working 16 hour shifts as often as I could um, to pocket tons and tons of cash so that I could pay for my 50% of the remaining balance after my scholarships had been paid. So that's how we were able to piece it together. Um, I know that that was a lot different market though, you know, over 10 years ago when a summer job really could help you pay for um, university. Now it doesn't have as much force, um, as much weight behind it on helping you pay your balance down, but that's how I was able to do it. What are some things that continuing students may not realize or even take advantage of because they are not first generation? So one thing that I experienced, so I'll speak to my experience first and then I, I can also talk about some experiences of first gens that I work really closely with. Um, but one of the biggest challenges for me was um, feeling like I had two identities. I had my identity as um, 
Jennifer, the college student who was so engaged in my coursework, enthralled with learning new ideas, being exposed to new ideas, um, loving critical thinking and the way that it just opened up my mind to an entire new world of possibilities and ways to approach things. And then when I would go back home, there was the me that was still very much attached to my past and um, felt like um, I was just always very conscious of not wanting to make my parents or my siblings feel lesser than um, because I was at college and getting a college degree and doing kind of college girl things. I was just always very conscious of um, not wanting to make them feel inferior um, and kind of wanting to still fit in with non-college going people and ways of thinking. And I just always felt so divided. Um, so I go home for the weekend to do laundry and it would just feel like I almost had to kind of flip a switch um, so that I could fit in with my family again. And there was just something about that transition from high school to college um, that really does create a new identity in you. And while you're embracing the, the new identity and you love the new identity, you're also very conscious of the ways that you're tied to your past. And you still love those people just as much as you ever did, but you know that you're different from them. And so that was kind of hard. Um, so I think that's probably how I'd answer that question on my behalf. But I also know that um, from my work with a lot of first-generation students, something that maybe continuing generation students don't quite have um, the same experience with is um, the amount of stressors outside of the classroom, especially when it comes to like expectations for taking care of your family. Um, so there's, there's one student that I work really closely with and she's expected to um, basically provide primary care for her little sisters three days a week. And um, that's just part of her study schedule. She has to learn how to study with little sisters running around. And that's a really unique experience, you know, um, for most continuing gen students, you're not expected to take care of your family in the same way. You're not expected to contribute to child rearing. You're not expected to contribute to family bills. Um, you are for the most part sent to college and you are um, turned loose and now it's time for you to create your own identity and, and you know blaze your own trail but for many first gen students they still very much have one foot um, in the family even while they're trying to create this new identity um, at college and and that comes with a lot of responsibilities as well so I think that um, just being cognizant of all those other responsibilities is um, something that would really help first gen students and continuing generation students just kind of get on the same page there. Through your own experiences, as well as the stressors outside of the classroom, what were some things that motivated you to keep going? So again, I just always loved learning. What motivated me to keep going was I loved learning. It was exciting for me to sign up for new classes every semester. Um, the faculty at Washburn were always top notch. I loved sitting at their feet and just soaking everything in. So for me, it was just a very intrinsic motivation. I just loved learning. Um, I also was very much motivated by how proud I knew that my parents would be of me and my grandmother in particular. So my grandmother grew up as the daughter of sharecroppers in um, Northeastern Oklahoma, and she only had an eighth grade education. She had never set foot on a college campus before I graduated Washburn University. And so that was just a really special you know, moment for me and something that was definitely motivating um, was just how proud I knew my family would be of my accomplishment. 
Now, I would say you're pretty interesting because you are coming from the student perspective, but then you are also coming from a faculty perspective. And so it's like you're now Dr. Bierman mm-hmm. back when you were a student. Yes. So <laughs> what are some things that you think faculty can do to give support to first generation students? I think the most important thing is, and this is going to maybe sound cheesy, but it's 100% true, is building relationships with um, our first-gen students. The most impactful moment of my undergraduate experience was when Dr. Behrman decided to just adopt me. For no reason, he just decided you're going to hang out with me um, and I'm going to mentor you. And I didn't do anything to deserve that. He just kind of chose me and said, you come and hang out. And um, me and this other group of about six or seven history majors, we went to lunch with Dr. Behrman like three times a week. Um, The history department was really great about intentionally creating community. And we would have like barbecues and stuff that were like back to school barbecues. And we'd all go and eat burnt hot dogs and drink soda. And, you know, it was terrible food, but it was about the people. Um, And so I would just really encourage Washburn faculty members to seek out a first generation student who is maybe someone kind of quiet in your class and um, just intentionally try to build a relationship with them. Ask them, do you want to come to lunch with me? Can we go get a cup of coffee and just talk about anything that's not related to my class? Um, If you have a really talented group of first gen students in your class, ask them to come over to your house for a hot dog, you know, grill out. Um, But creating those relationships and particularly mentoring students across multiple years is what really transformed my college experience and made sure that as a first-gen student, I didn't get left behind. I knew I could always go and ask Dr. Behrman or anyone in the history department for help. And if they didn't know the answer, they would get me in touch with somebody who could. So the mentoring relationship really does make a difference in the lives of our first-generation students. Awesome. And then our last question is, Going back to graduation day, wearing your cap and gown, walking that stage and getting your degree, what were some emotions you were having and what is what was it like for you and your family? I mean, it was just surreal when you actually make it to that moment, um, the moment that you've worked so hard for and you've dreamed about. It's just absolutely surreal when you actually get there and you you turn the tassel to the other side um, and you walk across the stage and you shake Dr. Farley's hand and you shake Dr. Mazachek's hand and then you turn back and you look for your parents in the crowd and they're all screaming your name and um, it was just awesome. And I remember just being so overwhelmed with pride um, for, for what this meant for me, but also for my family um, because again, we we didn't have um, anybody that had done this before. And um, it was just, it was really an amazing experience to be able to share that with the people who had supported me, even though they didn't really maybe understand everything that was happening in college, um, they were always there to support me. And so that was a really awesome experience. Um, Looking back on it now, so in the moment, what it meant was just absolute pride. Looking back on it now, um, I can see how my college degree has opened up all kinds of doors for my family. And I wasn't really thinking about a family of my own when I was graduating. I was 22 years old and thinking about going to graduate school. I wasn't thinking about a family, but now that I've got two little boys, I think all the time about 
the better life I'm able to provide for them because I have a college degree and because I married someone with a college degree. Um, there are really clear financial benefits to having that four-year degree. And then also if you want to go into graduate school um, to earning that master's degree or the terminal degree in your field, um, you're able to earn more. I had, I remember a couple of years ago, I looked in our savings account and I had more money in there than I had ever dreamed of. Like if you would have told me, you know, at 30 something years old, you would be able to save like almost a hundred thousand dollars because you're, you're earning a wage that is really high and you live in a low cost area, like Topeka, Kansas, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. That is, that is no amount of money that I will ever have. Um, but that's the power of a college degree. It means security for my family. It means a safety net in, in terms of our savings. And it means that the, that our boys are going to have all kinds of advantages that I didn't have, um, growing up in, in a family that didn't have anyone with a college degree. And so, um, the emphasis that we have on literacy and the emphasis we have on education already. I talked to them about when you come to college, when you go to college and just making that an expectation, um, but also just the, the assets that they will have when it is time for them to go, um, to have someone in their family who's done it before, who knows how to kind of work the system and what the loopholes are, how to get around certain things, who to call when you're in trouble, just all those kinds of pieces of knowledge that are hidden from first-generation students. Um, my kids will have that and they will have access to that. Um, and so just the, the better life that I'm able to give for um, my family is not a tangible perhaps benefit to a college degree, but it's definitely become a huge part of what my degree means for me. While preparing for this episode, I asked my friends if they were first-gen or not. And I was surprised to find out that most of my peers were first-generation students. As a continuing generation student, this made me realize that I was in a vacuum, one where I thought my peers had similar experiences when it came to college, that they went through the same things and understood my experiences when it came to college. After meeting with Savannah and Dr. Weird, I realized I was wrong. I started to recognize all the privileges that I had when it came to my college journey. And I started to understand that I took a lot of things for granted, like ACT prep classes, multiple college visits, sitting down with my parents, looking at colleges and comparing them, applying for scholarships, and even just knowing that I wanted to go to college. Even though I am not a first generation, I wanted to give a shout out to all the listeners who are, to commemorate their perseverance, resilience, motivation, and drive for continuing college and working towards getting their name called on that stage as they walk through their new degree and new future. Before I end this episode, I wanted to share some advice both Savannah and Dr. Wired had to give. My one piece of advice would just be to get involved. You never understand the amount of resources that you have until you get involved with, say, like a first-generation organization or even just another organization on campus that will get you connected to so many people that you didn't even know were on your team. Um, that was my biggest that was my biggest piece of advice that I got from a faculty member when I came to Washburn. She said, get involved and everything will fall into line after that. Yeah. Um, one message that I try to emphasize, at least on a weekly basis, if not more frequently, is that you are not alone. 
And I think that that's a really powerful message for our first gen students, because many times they do come on a college campus and they say, I don't feel like I see people like me. I don't feel like I go to classes with people like me. I feel like I'm the only one who's struggling with this particular problem. And all of that is not true. <laughs> so you just know that you are not alone and there are all kinds of people here that are ready to support you and so excited to help you. Um, and I love the work that our first gen student group has been doing around first generation initiatives, especially visibility initiatives um, to help first gen students see, oh, that faculty member is also first gen. I think that's really powerful for our first gen students to see that that's where you can go. This is what you can become. Um, if you remain dedicated to your educational journey. So I would just encourage our first gens listening, you're not alone, we are here to help you. Well, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode. A huge thank you to Savannah Rodriguez and Dr. Jennifer Weird for coming on to today's episode and for offering their advice and guidance. If you are a first-generation student or continuing generation and want to learn more about We Are First, you can find more information on Bots Connect when you type in We Are First, where the I in first is a one. We also want to give a thanks to all the listeners out there who are still with us. Lastly, make sure to follow us on our social media at YourWSGA on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find us on Facebook at Washburn Student Government Association. Be on the lookout for our next episode, and thanks for listening.